All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to What's Obviously Podcast. I'm your host, Mio. I'm your host, Luke. And uh, there is no Jan. Jan. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to conclude, but there is no Jan today. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Jan, uh, Jan's been sacked. Um, he had a drug problem. Uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't get him to kick it. Yeah, actually, he didn't really tell us why he couldn't make it. He just said that he couldn't make it today. And we he, asked he was, for uh, alternative doing too much Gwent. Yeah, that must have been it. Yeah. Jan, get off Elden Ring! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I am... Oh, man. Huh? Oh, I, I, I don't feel good. What, what happened? Right, I was uh, I was about to go upstairs to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to put my phone in my pocket, and now these uh, tracksuit pant- uh, bottoms I've got on, uh, they have a hole in the pocket. Yeah. And so I went to put my phone in the pocket, but it went into the hole. So it went right down to the bottom of my leg. Yeah. So I had to lay on the sofa, lift my leg like right 90 degrees. <laughs> and like try and fish it out. And however, I like pulled pulled the trousers like straight so it could fall down. Yeah. However, it fell down straight down onto my bollocks. <laughs> and I'm in serious pain now. <laughs> Oh, I've just got this sick feeling in my stomach because my own phone just bolt at me. Dude. <laughs> I don't feel. I was like, quick, rush to the podcast. Phone, shit, and bollocks out. It's perfect. <laughs> I love that. Oh, oh my goodness! I things I feel the pain and. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I feel like whenever a man is talking about pain regarding his bollocks, you know, like y- y- you just feel it. You just, you do not just understand. You yeah. feel it. The thing is, like, I was having a, like, uh, just before this, I was like, just having a, like, a cup of tea with my mum. So she was sat on, like, the other side of the sofa, mm. like, just watching all this unfold. Yeah. Of just, like, me like trying to contort my body so my phone would actually get back into my pocket yeah and it just and she was like oh it can't hurt that but i was like you don't fucking know shit <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm it, just picturing yeah. your mom the, right the, now the, looking the, at the you sympathy. what is my son doing <laughs> yeah the sympathy was zilch <laughs> So, yeah, none at, none at all. But, uh, yeah, uh, we don't really have a clue where Jan is, which, um, yeah. annoyingly, it says he's online on Discord. Yeah, but uh, honestly, I think that I called him uh, a couple of times on, on a Monday on Discord already, um, and he always declines, and then he texts me back, like, dude, uni. And um, just because he's online on Discord, might as well be the case that he's at university uh, on campus, actually, just with his laptop. And uh, when he boots that, well, uh, Discord just boots Ah, well. That could be it. That could be it. What were you you doing up so late on Saturday night? I was up late on Saturday night. It, It felt like it. What did I did do you... on Saturday night? That's a good well, question. You, you, were, you were texting me yeah. on Saturday night, and I was um, a bit worse for wear in the pub. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, was, I was trying to, like, cause I think you were trying to sort out, like, podcast stuff. And I'm there thinking to myself, I am, no, like... I just wanted to wish you a good night. Like, dude, uh, I, was like, I was, like, 13, 14 drinks deep at this point. I, I, oh, that, I, was, okay. I was deadly confused. No, yeah, I really uh, just want to like be Mr. Nice Guy, put a smile on your face, and then just go to bed. Oh, right. Yeah, because this was at about half 11 at night, so maybe yeah. maybe not too late, but I don't know. It's late for you to text me. I mean, I I, I cannot, if that's what you want. What time? Ta- <laughs> the last text I sent to you guys was at 20 past 2 in the morning. Yeah. That's right. Saying you guys know of Adel Toil or something? Adel Toil. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I'm on about, but um, yeah. How, how did you come across that name? Uh, Because he features on a German song I listen to. Yeah. Which one? Uh, oh, God. Are you going to really make me pronounce this? I mean, I'm butchering your language pretty much every day, so. Yeah, that's it. a good point. 
<laughs> That's a good point. Um, oh no, mentor, let me get up uh, Spotify. Uh, oh god. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know if it's a W with a V sound or a W with a W sound. Um, ich will no das du weist. Yeah. Is that, is that, uh, featuring Adele Tawil or whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I just say I like this song. Yeah. I, I never say the name or who sings it. It is so funny that you actually, as like a non-German person, actually listen to German music. It's so confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it started with like um, German rap when I used to come home from the pub. Hmm. I'd like go downstairs into the lounge and just like put on YouTube and I uh, came across like uh Mr. Schnabel, Gossenboss Mitzet and like a few others. And they just like just evolved from there. It's, it's... And then and then this one I found on Eurotruck Simulator. I was just like <laughs> Wait, <laughs> listening what? to the radio on Eurotruck Simulator. Oh, good Lord. I was just driving down the motorway. I was like, Oh mate, this song's <sighs> cool, what is it? Oh Luke. <laughs> I, 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 if if there's an opportunity to find new music, I you, will. my friend, are a fascinating phenomenon to me. That that's probably the best way to put Dude, it. Do like, you listen to English music? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but I kind of prefer English over German. <laughs> and also, you can probably understand the lyrics. I, 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 uh, I, I still yeah. struggle. Yeah, I can. Although Pre the other night. The other night when I did come home drunk when I was messaging you, um, yeah. I was listening to a Finnish folk song, which made me start trying to learn the song. And um, Finnish is hard to pronounce. Like I, I never like, tried it. The Finnish language is is weird because some parts make sense. A lot of it is sort of like pronounce it how you see it. Mm. And then there's just the occasional word and it's just about 50 letters long. And it's really difficult to pronounce. A bit like German, actually. You, you, your language has like one word for an entire English sentence, and it, it, it's confusing. It's hard to learn. <laughs> Very hard to learn. I miss doing beginner Spanish. Spanish is easy. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of funny for me to 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 hear you say that you actually enjoy German music, even if you cannot necessarily understand it, because uh. I just think, and I mean that—that's just my personal opinion. I just think that um, English is the best language for music because it is like in English you have a lot of words that just rhyme very well, and um, that just goes well with music. And because the language is so smooth um, in terms of how you pronounce it, especially uh, in in um, let's say in the 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 American sector so to speak um i don't know it kind of creates this flow of music that i really do enjoy um oh, I do, I german do. music I there is agree. this with you know um in german music and especially with german lyrics one thing i particularly dislike is that there is a lot of rhyming going on that has nothing like the rhyme is really just for the purpose of the rhyme itself it I've sometimes does that. not make a lot of sense, and that is what really upsets me. And um, in English, that's just so much easier. A lot of words just sound so similar, or you can make them sound so similar. Um, it just kind of goes well and easy uh, while rhyming, you know, and it makes sense at the same time. No, I've actually often wondered that, because, like, obviously with my lack of the ability to speak german fluently yeah i often think like I, i'll hear a word and it'll rhyme with another word i'm like oh wow i wonder if it's like that like in english and then no it's like the two words in english are like waffle and then like massacre and you're like <laughs> but then words really warm like, what the hell i mean but and it is the exact uh other way around um when you look at it from my point of view what, I'm, what, I'm, so like... I'm trying to come up with an example right now, uh, but uh, what, that, that would create too much dead air. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, in German, they they sound nothing alike. Yeah, 
Um, what about like? Uh, oh my god, I've forgotten every word in the English language. Um, cat and bat. <laughs> uh, pattern as uh, the the pet that you keep in your household. Yeah. yeah. Uh, house here. And then bat like a baseball like, bat. Baseball schläger. Yeah, definitely don't rhyme, do they? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I like I like how twenty five years worth of the of knowledge of the English vocabulary and the best rhyming words I can come up with are cat and bat. Hmm. I'd make a killing in the bloody pop industry. You know, it's it's interesting though because um, as I was um. I mean, th this is this is not the first time I've been over this um, with someone, and I've brought the like I've brought forth this point many times now that I just think that English is just a better language for um, the way music flows nowadays. You know, modern day music, especially uh, pop music, and um, I think rap uh, and hip hop in, in in German it's it's fine. Uh, I would. I, I just personally prefer English still, um, but it's fine. Um, but then there's this weird um, phenomenon that I feel like German poetry, however, is. I don't know. It sounds more like poetry at times, and it you have to butcher the, the the language less. You have to bend it less to make it into a good poem you know whereas with um with english um and i've kind of noticed that when i was studying uh english literature um because we had to analyze like shakespearean sonnets and shit um that dude this man went to some lengths to make this it, it, this language into a poem you know yeah i mean well shakespearean is old old english it really is yeah so there's like words in there like even if you're fluent in english you will not understand yeah it's, that's what people keep saying <laughs> i i still don't understand why it's being taught in schools as a part of stuff like english and drama i really don't like you can you can respect the works for what it's done for english and like performing arts mm. but it's that old and that useless now, you might as well just put it in history and leave it there. Oh, you can say that about a lot of things that you learn in school. Yeah, I know, but this isn't even of the same language anymore. <laughs> this is a completely different language. Yeah, I get what you, you mean. If, 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 you're, if, you're, if you're relying on writing and acting tactics which have been around for about 500 years, something's gone wrong in them last 500 years. Hmm. Because that means nothing else has come close to that, which... Fair enough, shows how good Shakespeare was, but at the same time, it shows how little we've sort of moved on, even though there has been excellent pieces of performing arts and literature in five, the 500 or so years since Shakespeare. You know, <laughs> I don't know how I uh, made the connection uh, from, from what you just said to what I'm about to say, but there is... Um, Oh God! Here we go. Yeah, there, there, there is um something similar where people um back when um came up with solutions for uh calculating. I'm not quite sure if it was um it had something to do with calculating circles and um exactly how to 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 um put this this uh, shape of a circle into a mathematic equation and um someone i'm not quite sure what the name was but someone really nailed it with um a theory and in decades after that and with all the modern technology it's only improved by uh, little percentages you know so uh the big yeah, the leap has there, already been taken and yeah, the difference there is that maths is a science there's usually, when someone finds the answer with science, it's usually the one you stick with because if it's the correct one, that's it. 
Whereas mm. English and performing arts, you know, things Shakespeare was good at yeah. is art. Art is subjective. Art changes. A lot of things in science don't change. They are once they have got the answer, it's done. So it's not so you know, much if, that they didn't evolve at all. It's more like it just didn't really change substantially. Yeah, it didn't need to. Okay. Yeah. Because they'd got it. Hmm. I mean, fair enough. Like, there, there's definitely an argument to be made that science is always changing, which kind of is true, but at the same time isn't. If you find the correct answer, then yeah, it's probably not going to change. But obviously, a lot of things are to do with like theories more than anything else. Hmm. People will spend decades on one certain math problem, but you know, yeah. uh, someone will come in and completely do it a different way. Yeah. It's not It's not that, you know, science has always changed. It's just you need to find the correct way to do it, and then it doesn't need to change. Mm-hmm. It, it evolves until it doesn't need to, I guess. Yeah. I mean... Um... Speaking about this, like, I'm a fucking scientist. Like, I know shit. <laughs> Honestly, uh, sometimes the least experienced people uh, tend to have the best ideas uh, for solutions anyway. Um, the rubber duck technique I was on about last week. <laughs> uh, I mean, what I'm on about is that my my um, my teacher in my uh, coaching class, um, pretty much one of the first lessons that he taught us is that uh, experience is uh, really a double-edged sword. Because, um, for one, experience makes you... Uh, it enables you to act. If you know what to do, then you can easily do it, right? So uh, the more experienced you are, the more and the better and the more efficient you know how and what to do. And um, on the other hand, however, it is that experience makes us so incredibly blind to uh, a lot of things, a lot of fundamental things and ideas and perspectives uh, that people that are not as experienced often bring to the table you know so um well, it's that um it's that sort of thing of like thinking outside the box if you're an expert in something you've probably pretty much made your own box of thinking which has compiled your own thoughts and the stuff you studied and the stuff you know about so you've got your own little box where you think inside of yeah an outsider will just like look around your box and go i'll pick this up see if this works yeah and, just... and, and, that, and that's and that's sort of how it is you think oh my god why didn't i think that's it's not not in your box of thinking. They don't understand the rules you've been working with all these years. Yeah, that, that exactly. That 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 is pretty much what I was getting at. Um, with um, <clears throat> you, for example, being experienced, meaning you uh, find ways to perfect the way you do things, and that, however, sets you on a path that you pretty much just. You, you, you make small adjustments here and there, but you follow this path all the way and all the time. And um, you pretty much close yourself off to the, uh, I mean, just option that there is another way you could possibly take, you know. And um, just metaphorically speaking, that is why experience is both um, good, but can also be very, very um, bad in, in, in that particular way. Yeah, like, which is what I was on about, about the sort of rubber duck thing yeah. like, last week as well. Like, when I said, like, when I was doing programming, I'd sometimes just explain what I was doing to my mum. Yeah. It, it, it would fix itself because yeah. all of a sudden, I, I you know, I, I sort of tried like a rubber duck, really, because I knew she wasn't experienced in programming, you know, she's... Yeah, you get more of an outside perspective on uh, yeah. on, on the whole thing, because you're explaining it to someone else while listening to it, and then uh, you just look at it more like an outsider would. Um, yeah, and if you start explaining it, you sort of start yeah. understanding what you're explaining more. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird how that works, in, I think. I think it's so weird. I like, don't find it weird at all, to be honest. I find it highly yeah, logical. But- you you know what you're on about, but then you start explaining like, oh, I actually do understand it now. That's okay. So what did I think I was understanding before? Uh, what you were, uh, what you have been learning before, what you have been uh, experiencing as um, it works. And it is it is just weird though. 
weird. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, uh, we were on about um, science being very, very objective and art being uh, more subjective. You know what else is really subjective? What's that? Our opinion on Starfield. Our opinion on Starfield. Yeah, what do you Good think segue. of that? Good segue. Um, I can... So, my, uh, my like, pretty much my best mate, he was, uh, like, mega hype fight the Xbox showcase, which has gone on, because he's a big X... You know, a big Xbox player and stuff like that. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he's saying, oh, we might get a bit more Starfield, we might get a bit more Starfield. I was like, oh, okay, then. And I didn't tune into it, because... I can't remember why now. And, um, I've seen, like, you know, bits of the trailer and stuff like that, and... I, I'm I'm still skeptical and to be fair so is he and it's just because of Bethesda like mm-hmm. y- you know the premise is there I think they could I think you know a, a games company as large as Bethesda could make a good space game I think put it in the hands of Rockstar and you've got game of the year mm-hmm. but uh, with Bethesda I think they are very good at making a template of a game yeah. releasing it for a normal retail price but just saying it's open to mods and then letting their very very talented fan base just go right let's mod the fuck out of this and they do and it's why i've played so much of skyrim it's why a lot of people still enjoy fallout 4 like it's it's not because of the base game Mm. and i enjoy skyrim when it was a base game like I had it on Xbox uh, 360 and stuff. So yeah, me too. The first out of 42 versions, <laughs> and then I then I got it on PC, and I started playing with mods, and I I I completely fell in love with it. And now I've got it on my Switch, which doesn't take mods. I I can't play it anymore. <laughs> I cannot play it anymore. I I just look around and go, it looks aged. It feels aged, and I can't do half the shit I enjoy in this game anymore. Mm. Like, why can't I fight, like, about six dragons at a time with, like, an army of 15 followers? Yeah. Um... Uh, and I, I just... Fallout 4 was the same. Hated Fallout 4. Installed about, like, 30 mods into it and had a real good time on it for, like, the... I don't know, about the two weeks I just played it nonstop. Mm. And then it started crashing on me because mods. And I just didn't bother playing it again. But with Starfield, I, I can just imagine it being going, right, dudes in space, kill them. You can build base. You can build ship. All right, see you, bye. Go, go, go figure out the rest. Mm. Yeah, I got worried on about. Um, you know, one thing I was particularly skeptical about um, is... Uh, that that really ties back to our last uh no sorry our 16th episode um when we discussed on the topic of single or multiplayer and i think this game really should have um a multiplayer option as in like uh cross pc co-op or something um because like you i really liked what i was present with um i mean Let's just face it, the game looks absolutely phenomenal. I think it's going to eh. absolutely shred my PC to, to, to atoms. Does it, though? It, it does really look really good. And just, just you wait until someone comes around and uh, releases shader mods and everything. Dude, this, this game is going to look amazing. I mm, Yeah, it's going to with the help of mods. I mean, I, I really like the level of detail. Um... I'm not quite sure about the physics just yet. And um, classic Bethesda, the character models, they move really mechanical. Um, you know? like they, they, they all look like robots. They, they their, their movement is not very human, not very much no, of an alive that's, being. That's just that's Bethesda. They specialize in. Yeah, that's what they specialize um, in. They've I, made it so like their ineptitude fits. Yeah. Um, thing is with bethesda games i mean i really enjoyed skyrim i really enjoyed oblivion and i really at some point like you with the help of a lot of mods did enjoy fallout 4 however um what all these games had in common for me as a player was the experience of uh loneliness really because um bethesda does a good job at creating 
uh, vast open worlds um, and a lot of... Not making it feel lived in. Yeah, exactly. You you do feel lonely and it feels kind of cold, actually. Like, uh, you're just... You're, someone just put you there and left you there, you know? Yeah, that's, that's why I installed, like, a load of mods in Skyrim for, like, <clears throat> AI patrols, random, like, yeah. fights, more, like, enemies. And I had to put these mods in because, yeah, it, it feels so lonely. Mm. There's certain games which are open world, but they feel lived in, and it's fantastic. They're the games you can really get sucked into when you feel almost at one with it. It's why I like RuneScape so much, because even though, yeah, it's an MMO, a lot of the times, like, people are congregated to the same areas or they're in bossing instances. A lot of the game now is, like, quite lonely, but you mm. always have, like, NPCs, like, running around. You'll always have guard patrols and everything like that, and... You know, it, it still feels lived in, even when you're in, like, some of the less populated areas of, areas of the game. I mean, different studio, but a game that did that really well, combined a great open world um, and this this feeling of just still being alive in the world somehow was The I Witcher 3. Oh, Witcher 3. I really, I really did enjoy that about the game. So I was running around. You, you just meet random NPCs, banded patrols, like you said, like random encounters and fights and everything. And um, another thing about Bethesda games that, uh, and and we've been over this before, um, is just how much freedom inside the game takes away of the actual like emotional. Like, like like how emotionally invested you are in the game you feel me like um how much you resonate with your character and the other um npcs around you what if there's if there's what less freedom or more freedom um the i feel like there is this this um imagine like 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 a graph um and at some point the more you you uh the, the the more freedom you have doesn't necessarily make it a better game because the more there is for you to decide on the less someone else decided on something that uh you maybe not do not have control over you know and um with a lot of great open world games that had great stories much like uh, the the old assassin's creed games for example um or let's say maybe the Tomb Raider games, or uh, <sighs> I always figured uh, the Witcher games were also kind in that department. Um, but what they had in common was that you had an open world, you had some uh, freedom of decision that uh, maybe like you could choose different lines and dialogues or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, the people that you were uh, talk, uh, the people that you're t- you're talking to, um, they had their own agenda, and you didn't have to pretty much write your own story. And I feel like this um, this promise of game developers to the players: you can create your own story, you can forge your own path, this and that. Um, I personally like the idea however i would also like a very very well scripted set of um non-playable characters in the game uh and somewhat of a sad storyline that really puts me on an emotional roller coaster at times you know well a lot of a lot of games which say like you know forge your own path and stuff what what they kind of sort of make you believe is that they are going to think about it properly when in reality they say forge your own path because they can't think of something good like i i think skyrim is war the weird ones where (laughs) you know it's it's got a story which you can definitely immerse yourself in if you try to Mm. you know you know with like the dark brotherhood thieves guild uh yada 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 the main quest and you know it, it does have bags of side quests as well i mean fair enough a lot of them are just go here kill that or go here fetch that you know fetch quests and stuff (laughs) yeah but at the end of the day you can just like start up skyrim and go right today i want to just play a mage i will just do the 
College of Winterhold quest line, I will just use Mage Companions and everything about me will be magic. You yeah. can do that and you can make a reason for it. And, you know, the, the quests around the world help you forge your own story. However, Skyrim also lends into the path of you are the chosen one, all hell the chosen one, everything you touch, you are the chosen one. You rock up to the Thieves Guild with one gold, you can run it in two hours. The College of Winterhold, suddenly I'm the headmaster. Why am I the Jarl in every fucking city? <laughs> Why am I all of a sudden the captain of the fucking Stormcloaks? I only joined up to get rid of the quest. <laughs> and now bloody White runs in shambles. <laughs> and I don't have Jarl Balgruff anymore. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> Where did he go? Yeah. Oh, oh, like fair enough. If if your if your main quest line is you are one of the last living dragonborn, you should be tre you know, yeah. like you are the last living dragonborn. You should be the dragon slayer who befriends the grey beards and stuff like that. Fine. That's your main quest line. But I don't wanna hop into every other like sort of other quest line yeah. and then come out you know, the chosen one. Hell, give me a quest line where it's just like, you want to join this really cool group, but they have a thing of like, they really don't think you're all that special. It's like, oh, big whoop, you're a dragon bot. You know how some people like hate, I don't know. Hmm. Say, say you got like the most loved person ever, but there'll always be that one group who don't like them. But maybe their group's really cool. But yeah. you, you, you kind of want to join it, but they're like, look, we don't like you. You're never going to get into power. Because the only person who's been in power is people from this family. You're yeah. not part of this family. Yeah. The only way you'd get into it is if you married them and then had a kid who would then go above you because you ain't worth shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I get what you're on about. Yeah. Yeah. I and agree. I agree. Um, I, I, def I definitely don't like, you know, a lot of the ones where it's like, wow, you are the chosen one. And a lot of MMOs run into that sort of thing of, oh, wow. Oh, guys, I can't do the podcast today. Look at what Jan's doing. No. He's playing Street Fighter V. No. He's playing Street Fighter V. No. Should we, should, should, we, should we text him and bring him on still? I mean, we got pretty much half an hour left about it. Nah. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> you hear this, Jan, if you ever watch this episode? You will not. Fuck you. As if Jan listens to his own podcast. Fine. If anyone joins Jan's uh, Twitch streams after listening to this episode, say, Luke and Mio said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but back onto the important subject of games, you know. Cause oh, I want to throw in one play. more. Uh, someone uh, once told me that if you say fuck off backwards, that it sounds like you were saying it with a really dirty Irish accent, like fuck off. Wait, if you say it backwards? Yeah. Uh, you say fuck off backwards. Fuck off backwards. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. I don't know. So, not, someone so, just, just, I don't not, know. I do not live in not Ireland. not sound Irish. That is not I, Irish. I don't know. I don't live there. <laughs> Neither do I. I live I in La Germania. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, back to Starfield. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I love it. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, uh, back to Starfield. Um, this so, wasn't even about Starfield at this point. This was literally about like what makes a good sort of open story, or because yeah, here's here's a, here's here's a good example for you, right? Hmm. You know the game franchise Animal Crossing. Yeah, I do. I know it's a bit different from Fallout 4 and Skyrim just a bit, and stuff. Just a bit. Just a little. But for years, like before the new one released uh, in, I want to say 2020 now, mm. um, before that one released, we had the likes of New Leaf, City Folk, Wild World, the original, etc. And each year we're like, wow, if only this game could, you know, do this. We could, I don't know, visit, we could be on an island or we could craft stuff. You know, we could make our own furniture. Or what if we could terraform the, you know, terraform things? Yeah. And eventually they said, "Here you go. You've got a, you've got an island. You start up 
and you make it look good and you've got more tools to do that with. You do not have to design t-shirt patterns and put them on the floor to make a path. We have given you pathing tools. You can make your own lakes, you can make your own rivers, you can make your own hills. We have given you all of it. It's the shittest Animal Crossing. Okay. Because they've done it in such an annoying way. And they've given you freedom, but the worst part about when certain games give you a lot of freedom is that they don't give you enough to make it good. So, for example, like, you've played Minecraft, haven't you? Yeah. You do a lot of things in Minecraft with odd numbers. Obviously, you want things centralized, don't you? So you do odd numbers. You'll do, like, a seven-wide wall if you want a door in the middle. Yeah. You know, because you'll have three on each side, then you'll have the fourth block exactly. in the middle yeah. as the door. Okay, yeah. Animal Crossing works in even numbers. You cannot centralize anything. <sighs> it really fucks people off. <laughs> oh, the crafting system as well. Um, so for years, every, every Animal Crossing, basically, if you got, like, the golden tool, it was the best one, it was the most aesthetically pleasing, and it didn't break. Bearing in mind most tools in the game didn't break, the only one which did was the axe. And guess what? It was annoying when it broke. This one, they have made like a tier list of tools, and they all break, including the gold ones, which are still hard to get. So they all break. Yeah. And then fishing used to be easy. It still kind of is, but if you want to like catch a bit more of a rare fish, you have to make fishing bait. And you do that by digging up clams on the beach. Now, for one, these clams do not stack in your inventory. And uh. you cannot mass craft. You have to craft one at a time. And each crafting takes a good five to ten seconds because of the animation. <laughs> and then you have to click back into it and go, are you sure you want... Yes, damn it. Then watch the uh, animation again. And it's just, it's just easier to just wait and hope for the best for a rare fish. Yeah. So what I'm saying is a lot of the stuff, you can have the freedom or you can give players freedom to do things they've been asking for, but you've got to do it to the point where it doesn't become tedious. Mm. And it definitely is tedious. It's the most annoying thing, especially when it's like, um, if you want to like build ramps or bridges, you can only build one a day. And I don't mean, like, one of a bridge, one of a ramp. I mean just one. Why? Because you will pay money. So you will, you'll say, I want this bridge, and I want it here. And they'll go, okay, because we're an island, you have to donate money, you know, the in-game currency. Obviously, you don't buy it. It's not EA. Um, you have to buy, like, the donations, or you have to raise donations for it. So you pay, I don't know, 100 grand for a bridge. And they go, right, it'll take till tomorrow to do it. Like, right, okay. Can I do anything else? Nope. Why not? Because we only have that. <laughs> We're only having that today. So if you want three bridges, it's going to take you three days. And that's real, like, time. Unless you start doing time skipping on, like, your Switch or something. But then it's just annoying because, you know, the... you shouldn't have to keep backing out the game, going into your settings, changing the day, leaving the settings, going back on the game, going through the rigmarole of starting the game again, and then just to do it again. Animal Crossing is one of these games which could definitely benefit from quality of life. <laughs> it definitely could. You know, you know, there's certain things in get like RuneScape's a brilliant example. I hate a lot of the stuff in the RuneScape version I play. And people say, oh, why don't you play like the old school version? It's like, because you don't have any quality of life stuff. I, I hate not I hate not having the quality of life stuff. Yeah. And and that's and that's literally the reason I won't play old school. Is because it's just like, yeah, but you know, you, you don't you don't have anywhere to store your tools on you. You always have to carry them around with you. It's like, oh yeah, but we we don't have microtransactions. Like, I don't care at this point. Just bring in a tool belt. Bring in somewhere where I can store things, like, easily. And that's what Animal Crossing desperately needs. Quality of life. Because everything 
is like a long walk for a short drink of water. Hmm. And yeah, I can't remember where I was going with this, but <laughs> oh, that was it. I mean, Freedoms you, in yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. You were freedom on about freedom and uh, poor execution. Uh. Yeah, and it definitely has had poor execution for a game which was hyped for ages and looked fantastic. I was one of the people who lost sleep over waiting for this game, and I, I, wow. I, 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 I don't want to pick it up ever again. Because <laughs> like, as soon as I get in the mood, because I used to do this with old Animal Crossings, I'd get in the mood to play Animal Crossing, and I would non-stop play it for like three or four months. But now it's just like I think, oh, the terraforming, oh, everything's fucking annoying. That's it. That's all it is. It's just annoying. It's the equivalent of someone just prodding you in the cheek over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm, 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 now, after we've been all over, over all of that, I'm just really, really skeptical about Starfield because I feel like it is... <laughs> I like how you started with, like, starry-eyed dreams of a great space game. And then I came in to ruin your life. No, not really. I mean, I, I, I like um, that that we uh, really talk about those things that, that may or may not be good about it. And, this and is the why. white hoodie, black hoodie thing all over again. Um, whatever, I mean. Um, you didn't I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I'm even going to play the game. Um because I know what kind of game, what kind of games I enjoy, and if this game is not gonna have a co-op mode, I will feel. I, I know for a fact that I'm just gonna feel alone and and sad in in the world. Yeah, uh, because I know a for a fact mode. because it is Bethesda, and no offense to Bethesda, but your stories, uh, you get an A for effort, but that's about it. Like uh, stories in Bethesda games, they are not good. Not. And especially not in a way of cinematic experience. You're in a game that may or may not look fantastic, play well, and then uh, there's just this lack of real good uh, script to the characters and real good um, script to their personal agendas and what they will contribute to the story that you're in. Um, and... I'm sure there is a lot of people that will just uh, shit talk whatever I just said uh, and be like, you know, you, you know nothing, you got no taste at all, and whatever. Um, Bethesda does an awesome job and freedom and everything. Um, I just know that I'm probably not going to be playing it for the like the two reasons uh, that I just brought forward. Um, and what could save it for me if it is going to be playable in co-op, and I highly doubt that, so I'm not quite sure uh, if I'm going to be playing it. That character sort of thing, I mean, we've both played Skyrim for quite a while, so I'm just going to use this as like the the best benchmark I can for a... I think uh, Skyrim is by far Bethesda's best benchmark overall. Also, because we've both played it, and I haven't played Fallout 4 or Fallout 3 enough, and I've never played morrowind or oblivion a three um, at new vegas they were good but honestly i i'm, I'm just new vegas wasn't even made by bethesda <clears throat> it wasn't no it's why it's so good I, okay i wasn't really aware i was just okay follow bethesda sky like elder scrolls bethesda yeah new vegas was made by i think like a sort of like almost like a sister company sort of thing oh okay uh but i can't fully remember why but yeah like take skyrim for example yeah can you tell me one character you absolutely loved in skyrim no did you tell me one character you hated in skyrim just for any reason i i did or could i could you tell me uh I mean, judging by the amount of time it takes me to come up with a name, I don't think so. No, no probably not. Oh yeah, like, right. Yeah, okay. There's this one Nazim. guy. No, no, no. Um, this fucking alchemist, um, wizard bastard. Uh, I think it's in White Run. Um, 
this what, this in the at, at Dragon's Reach. Uh, I'm trying. I don't to know the the, the one that sends you to to get the stone tablet. One of the first quests. Yeah, it's um. Oh, give me a minute. Absolute son of a bitch. Dude, I I played that fucking mission. He was about fifty times. Why don't I know his Farangar? Yeah. It. Yeah, but here's the thing. So uncivilized. Neither of us, neither of us could name a character we absolutely loved. There was characters where I was like, ah, yeah, you're all right. You know, like Parthenax. Don't but know the guy. Don't dragon, uh, the talking dragon. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Actually, the dragons did talk in general, but you know what I mean. The the one of the good guy dragons, the ones the blades. The nice one, yeah. Yeah, the guy who I'm pretty sure he also voiced Mario, like the guy who did <laughs> Parthenax. I'm bringing out the fun facts early today, and but he is probably the closest I could say to like you're a, you're a character who had like a positive reaction on my brain, and yeah. it was only just, and the hatred ones were just because everyone's a dickhead, like, like just not everyone in Skyrim is a dickhead. But all it'll take is like three missions and they'll be like, you're my best friend. But you remember the times you didn't do the missions because you've been playing this playthrough for hours. And every time you walk past them, they were a knobhead. But then all of a sudden you do two missions from it. It's just like, I'm your best friend. Well, you're my best man at my wedding. I'm going to name my kids after you. All six of my kids will all be named Korvac the Destroyer. You know, it... okay. there's no winnable personality. Especially Dude, especially the kids. They have about like twenty kids in that game, and all of them like. There's a reason there's a killable child mod. What? Because they're all dickheads. What? Braith, especially. Braith in White Run. She's a twat. Who's Braith? And then all of a sudden, fucking Yarl Balgruff's kids. They're dickheads. He has kids. Yeah. <laughs> this is how memorable the characters are. You don't remember any. I'm of not them. making this up. Like I'm not saying this to make you laugh. I am seriously wondering right now. I do. N I, I. I. cannot recall encountering someone called Braith, and I do not recall this Jarl uh, having kids. All he ever did is send me to kill a dragon, then gave me an axe as a sign of like gratitude and respect and everything. Then I slaughtered him with that very axe, and um. Oh, you use the axe. I always used, used to sell it or disenchant it. I was like, I'm level twenty. I don't need your fucking steel axe. Dude, it was so bad. Oh god. That's well, why like, I all, used it to kill him. All the fucking rewards you got from like Yarls were terrible. Like, oh yeah, this is like my personal axe. It's like it's just a steel one, mate. Why? Why didn't they have like cool, unique weapons for each like Yarls gift? Yeah, maybe like. Or like cool different armor. Isn't because, isn't there like, even like obsidian in the game? I I swear there is obsidian. No, in the there game. isn't. But someone did make a mod to make uh, their uh, gifts unique, and that's my point. Bethesda make templates; they do not make games. They make templates for modders to make a lot better. There's a uh, follower. There's a follower mod called uh, uh Inigo. He is a Khajiit. And he has got the richest backstory in the entire fucking game. It's fantastic. Everything about that bloody character is just brilliant. Because he'll interact with other modded followers as well. He'll chat shit about Lydia behind her back. The man's brilliant. He has a fucking butterfly in a jar. And that's his best friend. Apart from you. Like, that was a mod. That was a mod. This wasn't like Skyrim, like done by Bethesda for countless years on like a massive budget. This was a few people on a mod. <laughs> and he has the richest backstory. And the kicker of it, it's free. Dude. It's completely free to I, download. Dude, I, I cannot stop grinning right now because you mentioned Lydia and I had to think of how I baited. Uh, a troll or something into kicking her off a mountainside. <laughs> I <laughs> wanted to get go. rid of her so bad. There you go. Even her personality, the person who you pretty much have from almost the beginning of the game to stand by you, protect your life. You know, you should have a bond. Oh, with I was person. standing by as this troll kicked her off the mountain. <laughs> 
No, but that's my thing about character work. If it was done properly, everyone would love Lydia because she would be like your brother-in-arm type thing, you know. It's just you and Lydia taking on the world because she was, you know, yeah. like sworn to protect you. And then she's a dickhead. Dude, she's just lame. You give her stuff to carry. I'm sworn to carry your burdens. It's like, mate, you'll be carrying your own head in a minute. <laughs> you are useless. You run over every trap. Funnily enough, there's that a mob to fix that. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 character work is so flawed. I think the biggest kicker of it is the fact that I'm pretty sure there's only about 10 voice actors. There's only 10 voice actors. Everyone sounds alike. So yeah. as soon as you hear a certain voice, you go, oh, yeah, I know you from the other guy. He's a dick, which probably means you're also a dick. What was the budget on Elder Scrolls V? <laughs> uh, a packet of Maltesers and £5.20. Um, let me... Shall I, shall I, 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 I want to look it up right now. Uh, oh, uh, my goodness! The making of Skyrim costs 100 million to make, making it easily one of the most expensive games ever. While around 85 million, 85 million of this figure yeah. was was poured into development, 50 million went into marketing the game and making it the rip-roaring commercial success it is today. Dude. Ah, uh, oh, sorry. Not 10 voice actors. They had 70. But For I'm pretty sure they had big? like... I'm pretty sure they had more than four times that amount. One hundred million. Now I want to know what are the most ex most expensive game budget. Ah, Google, you're that'd, listening. God! What? Star what? Citizen is on number one. Oh, Star Citizen is just three hundred and thirty-nine million dollars. But that's calling Star Citizen a game, which you should never do. No, it's, it is. It, it's, it, it, it's a it's failed school simulator. project. Oh, It's art simulator. <laughs> that's all it is. It's fucking terrible. Anyone who's invested money into it is just a dingus. Listen, man. Star Wars The Old Republic is on second place with 200 million. Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, God. Oh. Wait. No, get this. Cyberpunk 2077. 174 million. Now, uh, here's a game that actually deserved and took advantage of its budget. Red Dead uh, Redemption 2, 170. Alright, Red, De Red Dead Redemption it was 2, great. 170. Oh, here's another one. That. Grand Theft Auto 5, 137. I can also appreciate that. GTA 5, phenomenal game. Absolutely. Shit multiplayer, but phenomenal game. Hmm. Because it's all just 12-year-olds flying around in, like, motorbikes with guns on them. Yeah. You can, and you can't and you can't do any of like the cool online stuff because you just get pepper sprayed by like every person with a mounted machine gun. Which one would you like? Would you say you like better, Battlefield Four or Skyrim without mods though? Uh, never played Battlefield Four, so I can't tell you. Okay, because they both have the same budget. Just, just doing wow, the fun facts early, you know. Wow, I thought Jack Grealish was the biggest waste of a hundred million. Turns out it's Skyrim. <laughs> I mean, I, I say this as someone who is in a long-term relationship with someone who lives and breathes Skyrim and someone, well, like myself, who has like a combined almost 1,500 hours on Skyrim. That is a lot. But that's why I can talk shit about this game because I know the ins and outs of how bad it really is. Uh, but but I really do. like your statement of Bethesda making templates and, and uh, modern communities just really making the most out of that and i mean like, I've, I've dude there's been follower mods and like quest mods with better voice acting as well and i'm like this is probably done by a couple of 20 year olds like just with a decent like microphone and a bit of like voice recording software and it was better dialogue and better voice acting you know something very similar um i can think of right now is armor because Arma is also a game that just lives off its modding community. Arma without mods is pretty much nothing to me anyway. Uh, but with all the mods, dude, it is probably one of the most fun games to play. Or bases uh, yeah, of games Arma, to play of all time. Arma is literally a template. Yeah, yeah. and it, they, they, they know they are a template. Exactly. My, my, my point precisely. 
So um, I think I'd be fine with um, even Starfield being this this template thing. Just I don't know. Uh, take maybe. off maybe twenty dollars off the price tag, make it yeah, forty nine ninety nine instead of sixty nine ninety nine or whatever. Um, and and just uh, I don't know. Do you think we'll see loot boxes? No, I don't think so. No gambling mechanic or MTX. You don't think so? Mm, I mean, Bethesda, in in my experience, um, they do sell like um, expansion content. Like on, on Fallout Four, they did that a lot. That is one um, thing I will actually give Bethesda credit for. The fact that they still do like DLC yeah. and like yeah. they do reasonably good DLC. Like I don't mean like good as in like it's the best thing ever. I just mean like it's nicely sized. I think on Fallout Four, Far Harbor was one of my favorite DLCs. Um, well, even even Skyrim had like you know it had two really oh, good yeah. like oh, quest yeah. lines, and then it had you know was it Half Fire or something like that, which was you know it was nice. It, mm. it just added a bit of a change of pace. Yeah, I mean, um, okay. Th- that is one thing I can I can see them uh, asking um, money for. However, I have no problem with that. No, me neither. Um, and especially not if there's like uh, a season pass edition or whatever, so people really devoted to the game can just buy a season pass and be covered with uh, uh, all, all the upcoming content. However, um, I don't. I don't really recall Bethesda really being big into this this uh, loot box and pay to win uh, shit. That is no, more like an EA thing. It has been a while since they released the game. I. I just okay. Then then let me just say I just hope it doesn't come to that. No, me too. But I mean, you know, Diablo have got on the fucking bandwagon of it now, haven't they? And. Yeah, I, I can just see every game company sort of going down the route of like loot boxes, forty thousand different currencies. Hmm. Yeah, I I I hope Bethesda doesn't do that because it's then it's a lot of microtransactions for a template. Yeah, and, and also then really you ruins can the game to experience and, and make every currency easier to get. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why they would do it or why any game developer would do it. However, I really think that in a great game, if you already pay full price for it, um, every content and every piece of uh, equipment, um, whether it is cosmetic or whatever, uh, or an item, just uh, have it unlockable inside the game by just playing the game. Yeah, I mean, that is of, if you if you want to add stuff, wait and make like a DLC. Give yourself an excuse to make a DLC. An exception you know? that I would extra, extra extra stories, extra characters, you know, ex- and then you could throw in your extra cosmetics, your new weapons yeah. and stuff. Make them have a reason to be in the game. Yeah, I mean, one particular scenario um, where I just have no problem with. Um, like microtransactions for especially cosmetics and just cosmetics is free to play titles like if you play uh whether it is a role play game or uh, i don't know fortnite league of legends anything that's just purely cosmetic and doesn't count as pay to win whatsoever i mean go for it people have the choice of whether or not they want to buy as that long shit. as it isn't as long as it isn't predatory as fuck and like hit behind loot boxes, because that's one thing I will give Fortnite oh, yeah. credit for. You have a shop and like the shop might change every day or every season or whatever, but like if you click on an item to buy that item, you get what you, you, you pay getting, for. Yeah, you are getting that item. There is like no slot machine, no random four treasure chests or whatever. You are getting that item you paid for. Hmm. And that's what I like about it, and that's why I, I I can definitely like take my hat off to Fortnite with some of their decisions they've made, hmm. because they've they just do certain things very well. Like the entire reason Fortnite's a thing because they looked at the negative reviews for PUBG and went, well, let's make a game that's just better, which covers these. Yeah, I yeah. mean, let's just leave it at that. What do you think? And just close with um, 
we both hope that we get what we pay for if we decide to buy Starfield. Yeah, be wary of it, but at the same time, still have try and have that childhood wonder of mm-hmm. what it'll be like. Yeah, great. I mean, we've already covered quite a lot of fun facts uh, throughout this episode, accidentally. Yeah. Do we still um, have one to close it? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm going to try and think of one just like off the back of my head. I mean, one thing that I've found particularly funny is the budget of Star Citizen, but oh, yeah, that's that. Yeah, um, here's my fun fact. If anyone tells you that Star Citizen is a game, uh, they're lying. 